we'll jump right into it. So you guys are college professors, right? And um, you know, college is something that is very it's it's a it's, it's a hot topic and it's it's something that triggers a lot of emotions in people, especially nowadays. It's like anytime we put a post on Instagram about college, we get a thousand comments and yeah. people saying like it's a scam, don't waste your money, and other people saying like, <laughs> all kinds of stuff, right? So um Thanks, I'm just gonna jump right in. I'll just jump right into it. Is is college still necessary to be successful? Or it was it really ever necessary? But it, in today's society, is college still necessary, still needed? I mean, I think that college, I mean, it's not needed. It, it, it's, I mean, it's something that you can do. It's, it's something that's possible. I think it should be an option, right? I don't think it should be forced upon that people have to go to college. Um, I know I will say there's other ways of being successful and going to certain fields that college is not needed as much as it was five years ago. Um, but, uh, but some things you do need, like if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or you're in the STEM fields, like college can be very productive. But then there's some other majors where – Honestly, you can you can learn on YouTube, or you can learn by reading books, or you can learn by just doing. Um, so I don't think it has to be a necessary thing to go to college, um, but I do think it should still be an option. Yeah, I think also one of the biggest things about college are the networks and the relationships that are made. So it's very far and few in between that you get to sit in a room with a doctor, a future lawyer, a future dentist, a future teacher and have conversations that are not about your fields of study. And because we all know that once we get into our, you know, our real lives after college, mm -hmm. it starts to become a little bit closer in the bubble where you're just dealing with people who, are ha who have similar interests. So college for that particular space, there's not many other places that create that type of environment. Right. And academically, there are some fields that do still need it. But, you know, I think that these institutions, a lot of them are just not created for the benefit of the students. I mean, there are a number of colleges and universities that are doing that work, but I think there are a lot that are scamming people, and I think there are a lot that are not uh, doing the work. Yeah, it used to be look at, looked at as a, a badge into middle-class life. Mm -hmm. right? You had to have that piece of paper if you wanted to get a good job, get a house. Like that, That's going away with like what Lenny was just saying. is like Some things we're just going to learn on the fly. Like We say this all the time. We have no training in broadcasting, but we're doing right. a podcast. Right. Like we're learning these things as we go. And I think like, yes, there are options that you can do outside of going to school. But if there are careers like lawyers and doctors, like you said, then it's mandatory, man. I'm a I'm a college guy. Right. Like I, we had to do it in education. Um, but like I said before, like I feel like we could I could have done it out of high school had I given the proper training rather than seven years of dedication to that career. You know what I mean? Right. I think I think what college does is we live in a society where image is very important. Mm hmm. Right. So what college does is that it gives you a badge to say, OK, I have a certain level of success already built in because I've, I've completed my degree. Yeah. So now I can at least speak to you on an intelligent level and I can be taken seriously, which not it's not always the case. Right. Because yeah, there's right. plenty of people that graduate from what Kanye, people, Kanye said people graduate from college would be still stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time. And then you got some people who never went to college who are brilliant or never finished college that are brilliant. Absolutely. So my personal opinion on it is that I think that college is beneficial. It can be beneficial right. from the social standpoint, specifically from a social standpoint and growing as an adult, right? Because and especially if you go away to college, that's probably your first opportunity living on your own and you mature, you, you develop certain relationships, you meet people. That part you really can't get just going out of high school into the to the real world. You can, right. but it's a lot more difficult. You're not in an incubator where you're just around 
a thousand people and you can just develop those type of relationships. It's not easy to do that in, in just real world life. But I feel that a lot of times people are misguided. Right. Right. When they go to college. So this is my next question as far as, you know, one of the biggest things for college for me is um, majors. Right. So you guys are on the inside, and I see. I saw that even when I was in school. Anybody that doesn't know, I have a communications degree. I don't have a business degree. So, but when I when I went to school, they told me like, look, just get a degree. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're not trying to be a doctor or a rocket scientist. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And it honestly didn't because when I graduated, I'm a financial advisor. But when I graduated, in order to do what I had to do, I had to pass like three different tests. So I had to study for like nine months. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if I would have got a business degree or not. I still would have had to study. So it's kind of like I went to college after I went to college anyway. And now I have my licenses so I can do whatever I want to do. So, but I could have had an art degree. I could have had any kind of degree, right? Yeah. So how, how important is it to, to pick the right major? And how do you determine what is the right major? So this is for parents and people guiding students um, for college. So before I was a professor, I used to work in admissions. So the most important part... Um, when talking to parents or talking to students is when you're choosing a school, especially when it comes to majors, your major should be a top five major within that school. What I mean by that is top five with enrollment. And also um, they have placement for companies that deal exactly with your major. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not in those like top five areas for your major, what can happen honestly is you can be two years in at the school. And if there's not enough students en- enrolled in that program, your program gets dropped. And now you're still at that college. So it's very important as we, we guide our, our students to tell them to go to college. Yeah, that's great. But please make sure whatever field you're trying to go into is, one, um, a popular major within the school. Two, has the partnerships outside of the school with the different companies. And then last but not least is the mentality of knowing where the United States or where your country or where you're living at is going to be the next five years as far as the job market and careers and what's going to be in demand. Not what's, I always say this mentality of not five minutes from now, start thinking five years from now. Right. So when you're making that decision, what does um, a communication degree look like five years from now? Right. What does that field look like? Look like five? is it even going to be around photography? Is that something that you really have to go to school for when you can potentially learn that? You know, so that's that's kind of the key when picking your majors is making sure that the school provides the resources, but can also place you at the job. But it also is a, a in demand within the next few years. I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Like a lot of times, especially in our community. When our, our kids think about college, the first thing they think about is the athletics, right? right? Like, I want to go to Duke, or I want to go to North Carolina, I want to go to UConn, right? And when you get there, if you're not there on athletics, it's like, well, I want to study communications. Well, that's not a, one of those majors that is one of the right. best things at that school. So, like, you should be looking past just like, yo, I'm alumni, and I go to that school for the sports, right? It, right. it, means, it doesn't mean as much when you come out of... UConn with a communication degree. Well, I have a communication degree. No, no, I'm saying at UConn. <laughs> but I want to go back to what you said. No, 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 no. no. I want to go back to what you said because you, you, you said that it doesn't matter. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're on an athletic scholarship. If it matters to a guy like me who was like, I'm studying physical therapy and I don't want to be a physical therapist. Right. And I've paid $30,000 for four years. It's like, this matters a lot, right? Like, now what do I do? Do I have to continue going when I don't want to do this? Or do I have to figure out what can I do? Like that, I kind of fell into that thing. It was like the school I was at, it was great for physical therapy. I couldn't pass the science classes. I'm like, yo, I'm not going to be a physical therapist. Right. I got to figure out what I can get. And gratefully, I was able to go to school with a health science degree. And I was like, all right, well, what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to start figuring out like, uh, and we, what am I, what's going to happen? We, we talk about this all the time. Um, and, and Jeff in particular used this analogy of, you know, in everything else, you buy something, you challenge to make sure that the service that they're providing is correct. 
right? And I feel like people are not challenging some of these schools when they're paying all this money. You mm-hmm. know, you're paying, and maybe because you're not physically using cash and handing over fifty thousand dollars, you're not seeing the money, so you maybe don't care as much as if you're going to a restaurant. Like you know, Jeff always says about um, you know if you order steak and they bring out chicken nuggets, are you going to eat the chicken nuggets or are you going to say I ordered steak? And many times students are paying all this money for a school and they're not providing the services that they're promised and they're not challenging the school. Right or, or, or asking questions before, and I don't know, maybe it's because, again, you're not physically handing that money over, and you think, like, oh, I'll just get a job and I'll pay it off later, but I think you should really treat it like everything else you purchase yeah, in that, life. That's a problem, especially in our community, man. Like, we don't know how to advocate for the things we want. Like, I've seen it over and over with parents not being able to advocate for the kids, but then the kids grow up and they don't know how to advocate. So if they are being mistreated at school and the things are not being provided, it's like, who do I talk to? Well, I was going to ask, like, how, what, what how, how, how do you challenge the system? Because, I mean, that's like going up against... The that's government, a, like, that's, that's, a, that's, like, that's a, right. a big system. How do you challenge right. that? So I don't want to even say, like, challenge the system. It's simple things. So if there's, like, a college fair at your school, like, every school, typically at high school, they bring in college representatives. You know, instead of asking questions, like, students get these questions from guidance counselors and some people. I don't know where they get these questions from. Like, um, what's the percentage of student success at your school? Like, that's not a question you should be asking. You should be asking, you know, look, I want to be an engineer. How can you, how can this school help me become an engineer? How can this school help me become a bio? A mechanical engine, like whatever. How does how what are the tools at your school to get me there? But also, is this major a popular major at your school? Can I talk to somebody at the institution, the career center, and find out how many people you placed at a job in the last three to four years? That's important. Like you know, like those type of questions need to be asked. And um, unfortunately, we we don't we don't provide those resources and tools enough. Um, and that's why we create the platform that we create. That's part of the things that we do is to let students know, like you do have a voice. Number one and number two. Um, to ask those type of questions before spending all of this money. Yeah. Jeff, I wanted to ask you a question. We spoke off camera about the hidden curriculum. Yeah, so the idea, so it kind of goes into the, the, the aspect that the students don't know who to ask. So, so that, there is that problem. I don't know where to go. And the institutions are not doing the job properly. A lot of institutions are not doing the job properly in creating a space for students to understand things like uh, acronyms that students don't know. So I don't know what FAFSA might stand for, and that's talking about financial aid. If you don't know what that means, then you're out of luck. If you don't know what the Bursar office means, and these are the things that are just directly dealing with your money. Sounds like foreign language already. It's already, right? So you don't know what these things are. So I think it's just essential for, and this is where I think the big problem is, is that there are institutions that are about creating careers for people who want to be educators. So they want to go up the ladder and become vice presidents and become deans and become provosts and and presidents of institutions without caring about the students. So then they create these platforms and they create these spaces where the students cannot succeed. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There There are academic institutions that are out there primarily just to build careers and primarily just to make money. The proper institutions that are doing the work are the ones that say we are going to make sure that you know who to speak to. And with the hidden curriculum, that just means that there are things that are being hidden in regular nomenclature. So it's saying we know what it is, but a 17-year-old does not know what that is. And we expect them to know what it is, then succeed in that space, and then excel beyond that. And then by the time they hit to year two or three, we see the retention level drops because the student doesn't know what the term retention even means. So we're saying we want to keep you here, but are we even doing the work that needs to be done? So ultimately, at the end of the day, that's where we have to start to do more work is saying, what are the students getting and who do they need to speak to? So to really touch on the comments that we were just saying, 
One of the things that I can tell all people who are sending any of their students to college or are going back to school themselves is that you have to really find particular individuals on your campus. I can't stress the uh, I can't stress it enough that you have to get involved. So that means you have to find somebody who's already doing the work and make sure you align yourself with that. Find the Jeff or the Lenny on your campus and sit in their office, introduce yourselves. Because what ends up happening is I'm the one that's going to put you in touch with this person, that person, this individual to help you succeed. Because doing it by yourself is literally impossible. Now, we was talking off camera too, and it's difficult because I think my experience is a little jaded because I, I was I played basketball. So when I went to school, um, I got I was on athletic scholarship. So if anybody's not familiar, athletes it's it's different, especially right. at a Division One school. So when I got to campus, you know we had our own study hall just for the athletes. We had our own um, advisor just for the athletes. Our books was free, and you know they would stay on us, like make sure like where you doing, like you just going to class. You, you know what I mean? It's like so it's easier because it's more structured, but for somebody that's just going to college on their own, and especially if, if you if you know your parents didn't go to college, so you don't yeah. you're first generation. Right. It's a lot that goes into college that's different from high school. Like I remember the valedictorian of my school a couple years ago that, I, that, that my high school that I went to. He's a lot younger than me, obviously. And I spoke to him. He's in Harvard, and um, I was asking him like, "How you doing at Harvard?" And he's like, "You know, I wasn't prepared." Mm-hmm. This is the valedictorian of the school. He's a smart kid, obviously, but he's like, high school which was just so easy for me. And I'm in Harvard, and it's just way different. And he was like, you know, I, I, I never realized how much I wasn't prepared until I was in that position. And I think that that happens all the time. And like you say, a lot of times, unfortunately, especially, you know, you might have some family issues, whatever, kids just drop out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you fall behind a couple semesters and let alone not even talking about financial issues, just social issues and just dealing with school and structuring your time is like how can somebody fully equip themselves for, for making that jump from high school to college first you sign up with trill or not trill <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but uh you know to fully equip yourself it, it takes a lot and this is where we have to really invest we were just talking about that off camera too about how much money you place on a college degree whether you're going there for free or you're paying full tuition there's no I mean, outside of a house, there's no larger investment that you're really making probably throughout your life. And in the same way that you invest in a house, you're searching for multiple houses. But then even before that, you want to know how is the house, how, you know, how was it built? What was, what do I have to do to fix this space? What do I have to do to make sure that my family, if I want to start a family, goes in here? It can't just be, let me just show up, pull up and figure out the rest. Return on investment. Right. And so what the, what the, what people have to do is is really start to invest in a child and a student's education before they even get in there and find the programs. Because colleges and universities, some of them will do it, but a lot of them will not and say, listen, we're going to give you a two-day orientation session to figure out how to succeed in college. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you, you in there trying to holler at other people, you in there trying to have fun, you know, because they're also right, doing right, that too. There's, because there's, a, there's right. a DJ at that thing. Party every the registrar director's there, you know? Yeah, you're sitting here thinking like, man, I don't even know what registrar is. And I remember like as a college student, I was like, is it register? And they're like, right. no, it's registrar. And I'm like, why? What does that even mean? Right. When you're registering for class. Correct. When you're <laughs> registering for class. So there are these simple little things that that students aren't prepared for. And so for me, I just think that you have to invest in the same way that you would invest in a house, the same way that you wouldn't buy a car without making every possible detail right. before it. You have to do the same thing. And I think the key is invest past financials because a lot of people always talk about college and investing and it's only the financial piece. When we're saying about investing, we're saying do the research as well um, and understand 
um, where college is going, what colleges are doing, the different degrees, um, because it, it can be really beneficial for you. And it's you know? also very important, I think, what Jeff said as far as to find people on campus that know the deal. And because that's that helped me out a lot as far as like when I first got there, um, I had a, somebody shout out to my man, Jarrell. He's from the Bronx and he was a junior when I was a freshman. He was on the team and he was seasoned. He was there for two years. So he kind of explained to me, like, take this class. Right. Don't do this and have this many credits. And like this professor is cool. And he kind of walked me through it. And um, from there, I was able to have a smooth transition. But I think it's important to have that mentor. I don't yeah. know if, if schools have programs yeah, like then, that. Yeah. They do. And then, and then the other thing before we talk about what you want the mentors is don't get too caught up on titles as well, right? Looking for somebody with a leadership title to be a mentor. There's yeah. just people on campus that literally run a campus but don't have any fancy title. Yeah, it could be know. the person that works in a bookstore. Right. right? You know what I'm saying? They right. see everybody. And coming. they've been there for 20 years. Exactly. So they know exactly what books to get. They know exactly where to go. There's the person who's cleaning up. The, the, the student union building, they are no, hey, listen, you know, you need to join this club or, hey, you know, right. you need to talk to Jeff because Jeff knows who everybody is. And so that's where, you know, we always talk about the difference of what a mentor means. So we tell people, number one, you need a digital mentor. And a digital mentor is somebody that is online, that has an online presence at that institution or otherwise that you know you can just watch what they're doing. And that might just mean I'm watching somebody's Instagram feed or Twitter feed and saying, all right, you know what? I need to just know because this person is providing a wealth of information. There's a generational mentor. So that means you also need to know somebody who is from a different generation than you are, younger and older, who have different mindsets and different viewpoints that you can say, all right, this is the generational mentor that's older than I am that's going to be providing me the traditional sense of leadership. But then here's this person that's also maybe a little bit younger than I am that I can give them information and then they give me back some some right. information and then like your boy that you said at your school be what we call a peer mentor right right somebody that's in that same age range same age bracket doing this you know the same things that you're doing and that's a fellow peer of yours that can yeah. that can really help you out it's important nah, for sure all right so now we're gonna go into the next segment we're gonna talk about the financials and we're also gonna talk about chill and not trill so yeah we got some i love that part yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so now we're gonna talk about the number one thing when, when it comes to school is <laughs> How to pay for it, right? Money, money. <laughs> we said, man, it's the it's the biggest financial decision that they're gonna make, um, and they have especially high school students. They got about three years, and that you're making that decision at yeah. eighteen. Like a lot of right. people won't get approved to get a loan for a house. They probably won't. They may not get approved to get a loan for a car, but they will get approved for student loan. <laughs> nah, student loan is real, and it's something like I said once again. Um, I was fortunate not to have student loan because I had a scholarship, but I have a brother and sister, and they both have student loan. I think they both still paying on their student loans. I'm still paying myself, my brother. And they (laughs) they both older than me. But um, student loans is real. Financial aid is definitely real. All that is real. And you can't escape it. No, no, No filing for bankruptcy on student loan. Oh, they gonna want their money. Yeah. Rain, heat, yeah. rain, sleet, hell, snow. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna want their money. Rain, sleet, hell, snow. Sally May worse than worse than fifty cent. Man. I heard up. Navigant, thank you. So, 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 but like, what's 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 some hacks that parents? Because a lot of parents listen to our podcast and, and you know might have children in college or children getting ready to go to college. What's some hacks that that and even children uh, or young adults can use to minimize the cost of college? Um, one of the big hacks for high school students is taking college courses while you're in high school. Now, some high schools and some districts provide that, um, and they're called like articulation agreements, another fancy word, another <laughs> fancy higher ed word, um, but they're called articulation or, or dual agreements or partnerships where a lot of community colleges now and some four-year schools are trying to build upon their enrollment. So what they're doing is they're, they're allowing high school students to start taking classes at a lower rate or for free. 
So that's something to relook at in your in your area, your region, your district, um, especially within the community colleges. Your kids can take some of those level one hundred courses at a lower rate. How do you how do you yeah, do are, that? They, are they going on campus to do that? Um, you can go on campus. So you can call. What you can do is you can call. Um, most colleges have what they call like a pre college program, pre summer program, summer academies, and look look inside of some of those programs, those summer camps, and maybe don't send your kid to maybe a sports camp in the town. You send them to a business academy camp at like let's say a Pace University, um, and then they can potentially get credits for class um, while they're at that camp. Um, so that's 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 a way to, to kind of look at it. I would look at your local community colleges first. Um, give them a call. A lot of them do allow high school students to take classes on Saturdays um, and at night. Um, so that's something that you can you can definitely look out for. Um, and you can go in as what they call another fancy college bird, like a non-matriculated student. That's yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> I know that word. <laughs> I think another thing too is to just be honest about going to community colleges. So community colleges are way less expensive than they are than four-year institutions are. Right. And so if your student is not fully prepared because they just don't know. I mean, at 18, you just may not know. And at 18, I thought I was going to be a high school basketball coach teaching English classes at, in my old high school. <laughs> and that's what I thought I was going to do. Right. And I went into college thinking that that was the plan. And I realized that I didn't want to do that at all about two years into the game. And so I had, I don't know if community college was particularly for me, but I'm paying, I paid for those two years and I paid a lot of money for those two years. And for some people who are just not quite sure if they want to go to college or if, if this institution is, go to a two year and bang out two years of college that are going to be a lot less expensive and then succeed at those two years. And then you can get into whatever school you yeah. want. I mean, Harvard yeah. is giving away full scholarships to students who excel at a community college, right. as are so many other excellent institutions. So, you know, I think that's a one that's another way to minimize some of the costs. Um, and, and another thing I wanted to add is alumni offices are a secret hidden money giving uh, a space. Um, you're, it's, it's, it's called advancement, uh, advancement. at, at yep. most universities. But your alumni offices are always collecting money from donors who are saying, we want to give money to a black male student from upstate New York right. who enjoys watching soccer. And they literally will say, that's the only way we're going to give $5,000 to this program. Or we're going to give $5,000 to a student who's involved in the Haitian Students Club. And that's the only way we're going to give $5,000. I donate to my school right. and I give money only to the Black Student Union that helps shape my career. So we have money that we give to. You have to be involved in that club. But students don't know because they don't always announce those scholarships. They're just there on the, the website right. that nobody knows. Mm -hmm. So I, I tell students once a month, go into that office and say, are you offering any scholarships? Right. And they, they, they'll be there. And then for those people, I mean, I, I, we both did it. We both donated and, and created our own scholarships. I created one at a community college, created one at this high school. And for those people that are watching that don't know how to give back money, um, you can call the foundations and, and advancement and um, alumni offices at these colleges and do a $250 scholarship or a $500 scholarship to help students as well. Um, another misconception is that you have to finish a community college in order to transfer. Um, that's not true. Every school is different. So, for example, in New Jersey, where I live, there's two things I want to kind of put out there. There's two things. In New Jersey, um, let's say you have 12 credits and a 2.0, you can transfer into most four-year sc state schools. Um, in New Jersey, excuse me, 2.5, into most um, state schools in New Jersey. New Jersey also has another program, um, and most states do have programs like this called NJ Stars, where a student maybe didn't do particularly well in their SATs, but they're in the top 20% of their, top 10% of their class. And if you're in the top 10% of your class, you go to college for free, community college. 
Then when you go to community college, if you get your associate's degree and you have a 3.2 GPA, you can get another scholarship to go finish your, your bachelor's degree at a four-year college, and that'll be at NJ Stars 2. So NJ Stars 1, it's community college. You can transfer out, and then you go into NJ Stars yeah, 2. Yeah. So these are the type of programs that they have in a lot of – I just know that particular because I'm from New Jersey, but they have these type of programs within the states. So don't get too caught up saying, well, I'm top 20% of the class. I want to go to this big school. Yeah, you might your top 20% might be different from another high school. So you might not get as much money as far as scholarships. So take advantage of the scholarships that you do have, maybe at that community college, and then go on and then potentially transfer and get scholarships as well. So because there's transfer scholarships too. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm listening because we, we do this uh, this project with the kids who are going into college. Like even say an associate's degree, they like have no idea. So that's traditionally 56 credits. Right. And then obviously a bachelor's is when you finish traditionally 120 credits of school. Right. That might take four, um, four or five years. Hopefully, right? Because right. it's gonna cost you every right. time you don't. But and, and and on top of that, you know, after a certain amount of credits, after I think 160, I want to say, yeah. you run out of financial aid. Yeah. That's so a, you can just you can just right. continue to go to school. They'll let you go to school. They don't care. But your financial aid can you can exhaust your financial aid. That's important. And um, I was gonna say like in addition to that, like a lot there's a misconception with community college, like you said, like after those two years you transfer to a four year school, like when you graduate and you go into your career, nobody's looking at like <laughs> right. yo, what junior college you well, transfer from community college. And then New York State has now, like in the past two years, they started the Excelsior program. So state school is also a good thing, right? It, it's at least it's less than if you went to a private school, right? So if you go to state school and you live in New York and you know your your parents make under a certain amount of money, you can have um, I think room and board for free, yeah. or and tuition okay. is lowered okay. as well. So that's another option if you if community college is like it's not something you want to do. Um, go to your local state school if you live in New York, and then I think the only recommend requirement is that you have to. Uh, work in the state right four years after you um, however long yeah a lot, a lot of schools are doing you know if you if your parents make seventy thousand dollars or your household income is seventy thousand dollars you go to school for free right. um that's something that's happened in New Jersey where all the community colleges will be free starting September um these are the again these are the type of programs that you should know but most importantly you just brought up a really good point um public understand what a public college is and a private college yeah. right nine times out of ten a private college costs more than a public college and it doesn't mean that and it goes back to what i said earlier it doesn't mean that they're a better school it's literally because they're privately funded so it's a little it's a little bit different when it comes to how much they charge for tuition so it's very important to know what a public college is and a private and a private and know the difference yeah, that's important yeah because i actually did a podcast before and somebody asked me that question and i was saying that um nobody cares like especially if you plan on on getting a degree outside of the other first degree so like if you if you know you're going to get a four-year degree and you go into a two-year school or if you know you're going to get a master's degree right they only care about the last degree that you have true. Right. Yep. and that school that you went to so Very like true. barack obama is a perfect example he went to his first school that he went to for two years is like some no-name school in california then he went to columbia and then he went to harvard oh, after yeah, that right, right? When you hear the stories, it's only that he went to Harvard Law and he graduated from Columbia. They never say the first school that he went nope. to. It doesn't matter. But you save a lot of money, you prepare yourself, and you grow. So a lot of times, I'm not the best person to give this speech because I went to the University of Hawaii. But <laughs> you it, you might have to humble yourself and stay home, right? And, yeah. and, and learn learn the ropes and you know stay at home for a couple of years and, and then go out on your own. Or you, know, you might just sacrifice for four years, stay at home, save money go to your local school in your area, your state school, it, it'll, you might not get the same joy as, you know, going out on your own and, you know, going to a crazy destination. But the grand scheme of things, it, it might make a lot of sense yeah, long term. That, that's my story in itself, right? I stayed home. I went to school locally. 
right? But what I did during that time was I was able to get experience. Whereas somebody who comes out of school and is looking for experience, I already have four years on you. So sometimes when you go to a career or a job, it's like, yeah, you have this, but do you have the experience? Like I'm doing that as I'm going to school. And obviously I don't have to pay for room and board or anything like that. So it, it helped in that way. Yeah. And also look at another good point about experience. Also look at the career centers within the college. Um, I know in my junior year, my job, my internship was also kind of as credits. So it could be considered like a co-op program. So you, your class can actually eliminate, I mean, your job can actually eliminate you taking a certain class because the work that you're doing, the experience that you're doing is a learning um, learning, learning experience. And then they'll give you a professor to kind of, you know, follow you along. And then you write a paper about it in the semester. And not only did you get paid to work, but you also got credits, which saved you money as well. Uh, so Jeff, you have an interesting story about J. Cole. Yeah, so you know, it's it, this is the thing about college. So this kind of goes into this conversation about how to find money and how to be more successful in it. So I went to St. John's University and I went to school with J. Cole. And you know, I was president of our Black Student Union, which was called Haraya. And at that time, we were the largest organization. They had a massive budget, over a hundred thousand dollars. And what we were able to do was. I became president of that and becoming president of that, they gave me a $5,000 stipend. So right there, I got an extra 5K that I didn't have for doing some student work. On top of the stipend, with that budget, I was able to also bring in a bunch of different speakers. I mean, Cornell West, Maya Angelou, all these people that I wanted to meet, we had the money to bring them in. Now, the J. Cole piece is, I, is, is leveraging the networking opportunity. So right. if you're going to go to a college, I don't care what school it is, I want you to go in there and make sure you meet as many different people as you possibly can. Get yourself into every room. And so when I think about Cole, one of the things that, you know, I remember Jermaine was just rapping in the random open mic or rapping in the residence hall in the dorms. And then that flipped into him getting involved. He eventually became president of our Black Student Union. And then when that happened, he always had a crowd. There was always 500 people that were guaranteed that were going to buy the mixtape, that were going to come out to the show, that were going to support him at the open mic, that were going to go out to this. And me, I see it all the time as we do speaking gigs and I still perform poetry. Half of my audience are people from St. John's from my undergraduate career. So I, I tell people, make sure that once you get in, get yourself involved, yep. get yourself entrenched in the university, because that's how you get them to start paying you back. And that's the thing. School's really expensive, but I'm going to find out how do I become a resident assistant. And a resident assistant is when you're in charge of a residence floor and you're in charge of a dorm floor. They pay for your housing. Right. And I did not pay for housing for three years of my college career. And when you get into those spaces, I was an orientation leader, which were the people who introduced the, the people when they came to college. I got paid for that. So that's where you find the money. You leverage the money by the network, by the capital of the individuals, as well as the capital that the, that the school has itself. And you said something interesting. You said that... Um, um, J. Cole being the president of the Black Student Union, he was in a unique position because he booked concerts. So right. then I was, always opened up for them. Right? Yeah, it was it was fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I I remember Hustler. you know when I was rapping back in the day, that was the same thing. I'm like, I put on my little resume. Yeah, I opened up for Kanye. I opened up for Quali. I opened up for Common, and he did the same thing every time we had a major artist. He was one of the performers that opened up for it, and then that just again creates more leverage, creates more opportunities. You get practice, and you didn't pay a dime. You didn't pay anything. You use the studio that's on campus. You use every possible resource that they have because they're 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 taking the money from you. Right, seeing your tuition. They're never gonna they're never gonna say, hey, you know what? It's okay. You don't have to pay today. So I'm gonna say, <laughs> listen, I want. They're never gonna say that, right? So I'm, I want the studio. I want the gym. I want. I'm taking everything that this school could possibly give me. And he was like a straight A student or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, he was a good student um, from what I heard. I mean, I wasn't in the classes with him, right? But I, he was. I mean, and that's the thing is that. 
I can't stress, and I'll say this over and over again, you have to succeed in that space. So do everything you possibly can to, to, to leverage every opportunity that they have. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs>